Welcome to the Power of the Cross Radio. This sermon is by Pastor Farrell Wilson, preaching from the book of Judges, chapter 4, a message titled, Mighty Women of Faith. If somebody were to ask me and say, who's a mighty woman of faith to you, Brother Wilson, I would immediately go to Judges, chapter 4, without hesitation, because in this chapter we see two mighty women of faith. And this, the setting of this chapter is a time of judgment in Israel. And the similarities to what we're going through now in this nation are almost uncanny because Israel had once again turned their back on God. It's a cycle you'll see many times over in the book of Judges where they fell into apostasy and then they, God would uh, drop the hedge of protection and allow them to be oppressed by other nations. And Israel would cry out to the Lord and and God would raise up a judge to deliver them. It's what judges is about. It's these people God raised up that would judge Israel, not only to lead them, but they would bring their problems and issues to this judge, and they would make a decision for the nation. And Israel, but once Israel, when they would cry out and God would bring this deliverer, this judge, they would once again be at peace in their nation. And it's just a, a repeating cycle you'll see throughout the book of Judges and actuality what you see is you see Israel starting to decline and decline and decline until they enter the king's period but that's for another time nevertheless in our opening text we see that Israel had been under a 20-year time of oppression by the enemy that God had allowed to come into the country uh, his name was King Jabin and his general was Sisera and they mightily oppressed Israel and the name Sisera, when they would say it in Israel, it would strike fear into the hearts of men and women because they knew that he had 900 chariots of iron. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to us, but back in those days when you're on foot and here comes chariots made of iron, it, it, it could strike fear into you very easily because that gave them ability to wage war. And, you know, it reminds me of when Satan comes into the child of God's life. He brings it all. We're seeing in this time in our nation that Satan has unleashed many things. God allowed it. He allowed these times the hedge to be dropped and us to go through things. Uh, I know everybody's got their opinions and all of a sudden we've got medical doctors everywhere. We've got people that know all about politics all of a sudden. But as I look at what's going on in the United States, you've got to understand it's spiritual. I don't understand everything that's going on, but I do know that God has allowed this time in the United States to happen so that we'll draw back to Him. All you have to do is pick up your Bible and read it. And the book of Judges tells us quite well what will happen if we, if we uh, turn our backs on God. Listen to this. Those who slight God during their prosperity will find themselves under a necessity of seeking Him during trouble. That means when times are good... And we're, we're, oh, everything's great. We tend to forget about God. It's human nature. But when times get tough, we seem to remember who God is and we turn back to Him. But God, during this time, raises up a woman. And if you look in, the, in verses 4 and 5, if you look there with me, there was a prophetess by the name of Deborah. He rose up to deliver Israel. And the Word of God says in verse 4, And Deborah a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. She dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel, 
in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came to her for judgment. Well, I do know she was a wife. I do know that much. Now, was she's a mother, I don't know. I suspect she was because if you look in the song of Deborah and Barak that you see in uh, chapter 5, it says in verse 7, she was a mother in Israel. Not of Israel, in Israel. I suspect she was a mother. And God raised this mighty woman up as a prophet to judge Israel. Just as a side note, this strikes down all the notions that women can't hold positions in the church or be pastors. I'm moving on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we know she was a judge. She settled disputes and problems for Israel. You know, mothers, we're at the turning point in our nation. We need mothers to be there for their family and the church. At a very minimum, we need you serving in our homes and making godly decisions. If you have a husband, now here's the qualifier, if he follows Jesus, that's the qualifier. If he follows Jesus, God never intended us to be separate. It was to be one going forward serving the Lord. God's number one in our life, then her husband and wife are second, then our children are third. That's the order of God's house. I know we live in a time where sometimes mothers nowadays are by themselves and they, st they have to make decisions on their own. Whatever position you're in, we need you to make godly decisions for our children and our home. If there's any hope for this nation, I suspect that our mothers will be the backbone of any revival or any going forward and prospering of this nation because women have always been there to support our homes. It's, uh, it's kind of an indictment on the, the men in this nation that sometimes well, we know that men just ain't as caring as women sometimes. I didn't get amen on that. We just sometimes, <laughs> men just think, I know in our house, I, I understand how God orders things because I'm always the rough and tough. My son Matthew told me I'd, I'd make a good drill sergeant. And I bring the rough side, then I always have the nurturing mom to come behind and scold me and take up for him. Amen? Uh, you know, you don't need another human being telling you what to do to raise your family. You know what you need? You need this right here. You need the Word of God rightly divided to give you instruction in raising your children and, and how to run your home, how to support your husband. If you don't have a husband, it will tell you everything you need to know to make sure that your home is in order and that it will be blessed by God. Amen? It will also instruct you that same thing that happens in your home. Bring it into your church somewhere, wherever you go to church. This is your instruction manual for life. If you go buy a new TV, if you get a new car, I hope this is what you do. You get the instruction manual out. You read how to put it together. If you want to do things right. If you want to put that bicycle together for your kids right at Christmas. If you want that tiller to run right. If you want to know all about your car, you pull out the instruction manual. This is your instruction manual right here. This tells you everything you need to know. I see, unfortunately, people jumping from minister to minister and hoping they're going to find some fire somewhere. Find you a good church that's preaching Christ and Him crucified. Get in there and settle down. He knows you're not perfect. He's not expecting you to be perfect. He's asking you to follow after Him. Get in there and support that church. You're not going to find what you're looking for through human beings. 
I love you to death. I think you need to be in church for instruction. I, I don't like these parking lot services. I don't like parking. Why? Well, we've said for years that we can uh, go forward until it violates the Word of God. Then when it violates the Word of God, we have to step up and say what's right or wrong. Hebrews 10 and 25 tells me don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see that day approaching. Quit looking to men and women for your help, ladies. Amen. You're going to find your answer here through a God we serve. You need the Bible. In verse 6, we see that God used this lady to send God's word to a man named Barak. Now, I, I suspect he had to be a mighty general in the army because evidently we don't know a whole lot about him, but he had the ability to tell the troops to assemble. And he, he had to be some type of high-ranking commander. I do know this about him. His faith was low because... A woman had to, uh, and that's not a slide, I'm just saying that's the person, but this woman, that's a better way to put it, this lady, Deborah, had to send word to him and said, come here. Now, here's what God wants you to do. Evidently, God had done told him and he ignored it. And it took a woman of faith to stand up and tell him, this is what God said to do, gather all your army. Now, you've got 10,000 men, and I want you to go down to that river, and we're going to meet them there, and you're going to battle them, and you're going to win. You know, God, there's one thing that moves the hand of God, and that's faith. You want to see God's hand moved? Have faith. You're not going to see much out of God if you don't believe. If you just say, well, nothing's ever going to change, and I don't know, God ain't ever going to do nothing in my life, well, he probably won't. Every time I've read in this Bible of something mighty God did through men and women, it was because they trusted Him and they believed Him for the impossible. Amen? Uh, we wonder why sometimes these little churches and denominations are failing. It's because the pastors keep looking to men to be their covering, to be their answer. You know, every, every great preacher I've ever seen that really put the gospel out there and God used them mightily, they didn't look to a denomination. They didn't look down to Baton Rouge for their help. They didn't look to Cleveland, Tennessee for their help. They didn't look to Springfield, Missouri for their help. They went to this word here and they believed God Almighty. They believed God Almighty for all their help. And that's what will move the hand of God. And somewhere along the way, Deborah said, I've got faith in him. And God recognized that, and he used this mighty woman of faith to call a general of armies out and say, Hey, look, buddy boy. I don't know if she said it like that, but I suspect she did. Quit being having a noodle back. Quit being yellow spine. It's time to rise up and put this thing to rest. And Deborah's faith brought a great victory. I love, you got to laugh sometimes at the Word of God. That, there's some pretty funny things in there if you start reading. Barak tells her, well, I'll go if you go. And she said, I'm going. I'm heading that way. You know, we need mighty women of faith to stand up against the enemy. Ladies, stand up and fight for your families. How dare us to sit back and just let the enemy overrun our homes? 
Stand up and fight for your kids, which I don't think many women here have that problem. You don't believe me, go mess with one of their kids and you'll find out quick. But stand up and fight for your kids. Stand up and fight for your jobs. Stand up and fight for your churches. We're in a day and age that we've got to stand up for what's right and say, I believe God, not men. We hope this message is a blessing to you. We need your help to continue and grow this radio ministry. Go right now to GrenadaChurch.com and click on Donate. Fill out the secure form. Using your debit or credit card, give the generous amount God has purchased on your heart. The Word tells us that as we bring our tithes and offerings back to His storehouse, watch God open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. Now, back to the message. I'm not saying we act out of stupidity, but I am also saying if we are not careful in this day and age, we might find ourselves like Barak, and we might find ourselves, well, I'll go if you go. I'm going to look and see what all the other preachers are doing. I don't know if I'm going to open the church back up yet because another man told me not to do it yet. If I drive by Lowe's and there's 500 people up in there getting lumber and everything else, you can bet your bottom dollar that we're going to open up the church if it has anything my decision to be in it. Can I get amen? Amen, Brother Wilson. We can go to Walmart. We can go to Dollar Tree. We can go everywhere in the world. I don't know if I can go to church. Be careful. I'm not saying that we don't use common sense. We need you in this time to stand up for the truth. We need you stronger than ever before. We need you to be able to stand up and fight. I love what she told him in verse 14. If you look in verse 14, you can read it. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. She told him, Barak, it's time to attack Sisera because the, today the Lord is going to help you defeat him. In fact, the Lord has already went ahead of you to fight. So ladies, you think about that. Every battle that you're about to face or have faced, the, the Lord has already went ahead of you. He, he transcends time as we know it. God doesn't move at the speed of light. He moves at the speed of thought. That's quick. God knows what's going to happen way before you do. God knows when you're going to be on your knees and saying, God, I need your help today. I'm just a, a, a poor old mother over here, and I'm asking you to fight for me today, God. God's already went out ahead fighting. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I'm not telling you you're not going to go through the battle. I'm not telling you you're not going to stand in the midst of war sometime. But I am telling you, I am saying that God said those weapons that are formed against you and that are hurled after you, they won't prosper. I think God likes to see the enemy think he's got us down for the last count sometimes. And the enemy's saying, boy, look, I got him now. I have got him now. If it wasn't for my wife, Jennifer, I could stand up in this pulpit today and say, I would not be in ministry. 
I can't count the times that I threw them keys and I said, I ain't going back to that church again. Yes, you are. You done drugged me this far. You're going, buddy boy. Now he takes a man to stand up here and be She actually supported me. That's what we need from moms. We need those times when your kids are down and out and don't know where to turn and, and mom has to give them a little tough love. Not today. You're going to make it. We need mothers to be tougher than ever before. And look at the victory that the children of Israel had. They whooped Caesarea so bad, there was not a man left standing. It got so bad, Caesarea had to jump off his chariot and take off running. That's where the devil is headed. That's all these things that have begun to fight against you in your life. If you'll follow after the Lord and exhibit some trust and faith, one day those things will absolutely be crushed around you and Satan doesn't have a choice but to take off running like a two-year-old child. Because we have victory ahead. I still say the greatest days of the church are just around the corner. They're coming. We've been beat down too long. There's too many things that have happened. When the church is brought up under persecution, if they're listening and trusting God and exhibiting faith, those days are just ahead. You are going to see the greatest revival that mankind has ever seen. I don't know what happened over the past few weeks. I can't tell you how it happened. I don't know where it occurred. But if I am getting like four to five hundred friend requests a day from overseas pastors, from African nations, um, Pakistan, uh, India, just different places. The the radio is just the internet radio is taking off. We even got to mail a um, Bible out to a, a, a fireman down in Louisiana. He was listening to the radio, the internet radio, and he said, "Boy, I'd like to have one of those Bibles. You please." Send we're all got, we've all got our part to play in this. And if there's one thing that makes a church go is moms. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but you are a major part of the backbone to the church. Because if mom ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. I know you've heard that before. When mama comes in on cloud nine in the church, the rest of the church is going to be happy. He takes off running. And he runs to the tent of Heber the Kenite, who happened to be friends with his king, Jabin. This was Sisera's king. They had a pact together. Jabin and Heber, they had a pact, a truce, if you will. And he ran to this tent thinking he was safe. And there happened to be another lady there named Jael. I want you to catch this out of Scripture today. Deborah was a type of faith. She showed what faith can do. Jael shows what faithfulness can do. Because she was faithful to carry out the work of God. He gets in the tent, and Heber's wife is there to greet him. He said, boy, I'm glad you're here. He says, I'm wore out. I need to go lay down a little while. Will you give me a little water? She says, I'll do better than that. I'll give you some milk. She gave him some milk, and he lays down. He said, if anybody comes along while I'm laying down, 
You just tell them I ain't here. She says, I got you back. Then she takes a tent peg and a hammer and drives it through the temple of his head and kills him. Now, ladies, <laughs> spiritually speaking, <laughs> we have to do that to the enemy sometime. This is what faithfulness will do when you stand up against the enemy. She destroyed Sisera, one lady. You remember, if you read back and you'll see Deborah had told Barak, she said, the Lord is going to give the victory to a woman. And it wasn't her that she was speaking of. The victory come to this lady, Jael. But why? Because she was faithful. You know, there's one thing that a woman needs to be is faithful to her husband, to her church, and to her family. That is the marks of a woman of God, a woman of great faith, that will be faithful, one, to trust God, and two, to let that faith play out in their life. It's one thing to say, I love God. It's one thing to say, I love Jesus. But it's another thing to live it out in your life. I'm, again, I'm not speaking to perfection because you're a human being just like everybody else and you have your times. We all make mistakes. But a Christian, when they have those times of sin in their life and they, they have failed, they don't wallow around in that. I know I'm a little country, but that's okay. They don't wallow around in those things. They hold their head up and they still keep looking to Calvary. They still keep believing in the blood of Jesus is sufficient for everything in their life. And that's what we need for mothers that are faithful to their husbands. And if you don't have a husband, you're faithful to your home. I know things are just different nowadays. And you make the best of what you have. You can't look back. You can't look at your past and say, Oh, boy, I got all these mistakes, and I can't go forward like that. God will never take me. God specializes in taking broken people and using them in the ministry. Look at me. They're still waiting on me to fail. <laughs> They're still waiting on me. They're gathered up out there somewhere I can still I'm waiting on him. And if I did fail after 13 years, I knew it was just a matter of time. <laughs> weapons our weapons though are not tent pegs and hammers anymore our weapons now are prayer and supplication you want to move the hand of God you exhibit that faith and get on your knees before him now I'm going to give you something here in a little bit I'm going to give you a little journal if you want to change your life in your prayer, this happened to me this past November. If you want to change your life in prayer, start writing down what happens in prayer. It's a little practical 101 Christianity. Start writing down. And seeing, and you'll find yourself, you're praying longer. You see God's hand move in your life. It gets you more excited about seeing what God actually does because the enemy is just wonderful at taking those past victories away from you and you forget them. I want you today, I want you to make this a new year. We have lost most of 2020, but this can be your January the 1st when you step out of here today. You could be the next Deborah. You could be the next jail. Pray. Our new weapons are prayer and supplication. And when you're done, the enemy will not be left standing. Hallelujah.
Isn't that wonderful to know that we have somebody on our side that can defeat every enemy in our life? We have to tear down those enemy strongholds. There's two qualities that make, I'm reiterating, just repeating, there are two qualities that make a mighty woman of faith, and that's faith, a complete trust in God, and that's faithfulness. So we have these two stories of faith and fidelity. And ladies that are mighty women of faith that God can use. So I ask you today to be faithful and carry out the work of God in these last days. Israel had complete victory that day. And that weakened Jabin's military power, the king of Sisera. It weakened him so bad, it eventually destroyed him and his power over Israel. You know, the devil is living on borrowed time. He is. He's having fun right now in all his cohorts here in the United States. But women, the devil's time is just about done. That's why things are ramping up, because he knows his time is just about spent. He knows what's about to happen. So I would expect the heat to be turned up even hotter in these last days. We have to believe God, trust Him, and be faithful to Him. Amen. Thank you for joining us here on The Power of the Cross. Visit us on the web at www.grenadachurch.com, on Facebook at Lighthouse COG, or on Twitter at Grenada Church. For questions, comments, or more information, email us at info at grenadachurch.com. Thank you, God bless you, and may you have a great week.